With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into Brewcast for Maze and Brew Podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Yardy, joined always by Anthony Broom and Stephen Ossentoski here with you on Monday night, September 20th. Headed into Tuesday, September 21st. If you're listening on the pod, uh, you'll never know that that was the second attempt at the intro unless Anthony left that in here. <laughs> but uh, for, the, for those YouTube, of you... YouTube thought first. Uh, YouTube live, hey, man, you guys get to see uh, everything there, man. So, uh, yeah, we're here with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday. Good to be coming off another victory weekend, guys. How we doing? Uh, great question, but, you know, good, good. It's good to be back here. Always good to chat football with uh, um, two of you guys. And, and like I said, it's been this football team that we're going to talk about has passed every single test so far with mostly flying colors. I would call maybe that Washington performance like a B plus, but other than that, like what's there to hate right now? Everything's good. Uh, S or P plus has Michigan at number six. FPI is predicting they go 12 and 0. Oh, I'm sorry. They're uh, <laughs> predicting they go nine and six, or nine, 9.6 wins, uh, but they are favored in every game slightly by FPI right now, which at the end of the day doesn't mean anything, but there's a lot of buzz around this football team, and there should be, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it was cathartic. It's it's always like a stressful situation for me on Saturdays. I don't know about you guys, but whether I'm at the game or I'm sitting at home on my couch, I change my shirt at halftime. That's like a <laughs> dirty secret about just how nervous and just how warm and gross I get during game days. Um, and yesterday I did not do that for the first time and I don't know how long. So it was, I mean, when you score nine times on your first nine possessions, 
now I know what it takes for me to not become just a gross sweaty boy on my couch on a football Saturday. That's what it takes. But uh, no, man, it's a fun, it's a fun team to watch. Um, Michigan what, is handling. What he's saying is to practice good hygiene always. That's true. I wear deodorant. I'm not, I'm a shower. <laughs> I shower multiple times per day sometimes. So, um, but no, man, it's a fun team to watch. They're handling uh, teams like Northern Illinois and Western, how you'd expect them to. And um, just feels good. It feels good. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with uh, the defense being ahead of schedule and the offense just having weapons across the board. It's just it's fun to watch. And as Anthony said, there's not a whole lot of negative that you can you can spin out of that game, out of that performance. Hey, they passed for 233 yards too. There you go. Love to see it. I love to see it. Uh that that was uh that was that was an almost perfect game, I'd say, outside of uh this the stupid rough in the punter penalty. That's about uh, the only complaint I have from that one because that's one that can get you in trouble uh, down the line. We, we've seen that happen before. Kalik uh, Hudson lining up offsides at midfield against Ohio State. That one uh, really comes to mind. Other than that, though, uh, that was an absolutely beautiful performance. I understand you can uh, do the competition thing, but I'll tell you what, Iowa did not look as dominant against Kent State, and Ohio State did not look as dominant against Tulsa. There's something to take away for a beat down like that, as Steven said, uh, scoring on your first nine possessions and doing it in a multitude of ways. But that offensive line, boys, oh my goodness, man, that was just not a fair fight up front. Uh, no, it wasn't. And, and I'll start with the just the, the totality of what non-conference looks like for them. There's something to be like, I get people are right to be apprehensive, right? About like knowing what the, the last six years have been compared to what this year might be. Like, I'm fine if you're not ready to say that Michigan's going to the Big Ten title game. That's fine. We're not, there's no issue here with that. But there's something to be said for going in and just beating the hell out of every team that's in front of you. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, Northern Illinois is like, they are what they are. They're a max school and that was a buy game. But you did, not only did you do what you should do against a team like that, you did them worse. You won by 53 points and Western Michigan. And I know that that win looks a lot better now after that they beat, I mean, Pitt's a five and seven, six and six football team, but Western Michigan's not junk. They came into Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago looking to win a football game. Washington, we know what they are. They're a Pac-12 team and yeah, they started 0-2, but yeah. The Jimmys and the Joes they had out there are no are no scrubs. So hey, their defense is legit. I think for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's there's nothing. I love how Stephen put it last week. Anything you have about this team are are questions. They're not concerns. They're questions. I'm gonna tend to believe what my eyeballs are telling me right now. I know my gut, and my heart probably say, "Well, be careful to get too high." But what my eyeballs tell me right now is that on both sides of the football, this is a dominant football team. The analytics bear that out. The uh, the film bears that out. When you think critically about, we've been waiting. It's been wait and see all summer. Let's see what they look like when the season starts. They've passed every single test, and they look they look ready. They're these aren't fluke things that are happening. They're they look prepared. They're playing hard. They're uh, running to the football on defense. They're blocking everyone and their grandmother uh, on offense. It's it's been so impressive, and and. Uh, like I said, it's they're not going to be able to keep out physicaling teams moving forward, and maybe they will, but it's going to be a little more difficult to do so. So, just I'm, I'm extremely impressed with what I've seen so far, and 
I don't think they've played their best football yet. The, the goalposts have kind of started to sh- – you see them starting to shift once you see what the team actually looks like on the field. So, Yeah, I think the way I've been thinking about it as I've been trying to think of, like, how do I sum up my feelings? When, when the biggest negative thing you can say or the biggest question you can say is they've passed every test. Now what will they do? against conference foes. Now, what will they do against these people? When there's, I think it's fair for there to have been questions that we mentioned last week around the passing game. How will they do when they, you know, turn to Cade? How functional is he? Extremely efficient day. I know we'll talk about his stats in a bit, I'm sure. But um, there's no more questions about really what the team has done. What's the balance looking like? I think they've shown that they're competent in a lot of different areas. And now you're just, the literal question is just sample size and nothing that has been um, in Michigan's control, right? You play who they play and Michigan's beating the brakes out of pretty much everyone that they have in a multitude of fashions, uh, showing competency in a lot of different areas. So when the only, when the main question becomes how will they do against a conference opponent? How will they do on the road? Then you you've, you've done that everything that you can as a program. And I think uh, the thing that's kind of, been standing out to me is there were some questions about like the defensive line, right? Sean Nua, will he, will the talent that he brought in and whatnot, you know, it's, it's started to get late early for him, for him to really churn out that unit. Um, and then the new guys, right? We plenty of questions about first time coordinator McDonald, completely new staff outside of new on the defensive side. And then guys like Sharon Moore, how's he going to do on the offensive line, right? A lot of these questions and, I mean, there's no question about three averaging 350 yards on the ground in your first three games. You're leading the nation. That doesn't happen without a competent offensive line coach, right? Bastardis was he's going into his sixth year. I don't believe he takes a leap that he has seemingly done this year, and it's opponent independent. The things he's doing to get out on uh, on jet sweeps, AJ Henning, for him operating out in space, the crispness of the offensive line to not you know, get Cade McNamara blown up on a blitz. All of these things are opponent independent that the team has passed with flying colors. And a lot of that goes down to coaching. So even with a lot of the turnover, again, a lot of questions heading into this season, early returns, which are still early, but they're really good. And that's, that's uh, it just, it just adds on to kind of just this snowball effect where when people are just saying like, well, hold on. What about the past six? You know, what about this? Like we've been we've been burned by this in the past. When that's the only thing holding you back, you're on the right track. And now it's just about continuing that. You know, I can understand keeping yourself in check, but um, I mean, there there's a lot that you have to hold yourself in check about. <laughs> and I think that's a that's a good spot to be. And it's nice to be here. It's, it's nice to be talking about that. Yeah, I, I mean, so. At the beginning of this season, I think that um, I was probably a little higher than most uh, on this team. I know when we did the uh, preview and projection pod, I got called a, a homer quite a bit simply for picking them to go three and zero and then nine and three on the season. You know, there was there was not a lot of love uh, for this team coming in. But w- one of the big things, you know, that I looked at was that this group that is now upperclassmen, the junior class, that 2019 recruiting class, they were the number one class in the Big Ten. How good is Dax Hill playing? 
how good is Chris Hinton playing? You know, how good is Mozzie Smith playing? You know, coming in. Cornelius Johnson was in that class. I mean, those guys are all guys that are really starting to step up the plate and play well. Having said that, like I said, I feel like I was a little higher than most on this team. I would have never, ever, ever guessed this start. I, I mean, I couldn't bring myself to, you know, even consider this in my wildest fantasies, the utter domination uh, through the first three games. Now, obviously, Washington being down obviously played a little bit uh, into that for sure, but that was still a game that I was like, man, Washington's going to be a little fed up. Felt like they kind of overlooked that week one FCS opponent, Montana, and you know was kind of focused on Michigan coming into the season and just kind of got snake bitten. But um, Michigan came out into that game focused. They came out focused last week when they didn't really need, you know, necessarily need to, I guess, um, you know, to, to win that game. And I think someone pointed it out uh, that they do uh, look very focused. Someone in the uh, the, the comments here on, on YouTube, they do look really focused here this year, which is uh, kind of a good thing to see. And I mean, you know, you pointed out, Stephen, uh, up front, that's that's where it begins in, in this running back room. You even said it on Twitter, man. This back room is absolutely loaded. Uh, Donovan Edwards, I, I know he got in when the game was out. Of hand, hey, man, that kid, he's going to be a stud. Uh, we're hearing pixelated Luke here, again here on the broadcast, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 with you. I think that, like I said, and there he goes. Well, gotta love doing this <laughs> stuff live. Um, you know, I just think that I, I sort of hit on this earlier that this team is extremely locked in. I, I tweeted this during the game on Saturday that this is like a very we read the tweets type of football team right now. Yep, uh, it seems like, and it hasn't always like. What I mean by that, it's it's a joke about Twitter, and and I get that, but I think that this is really, you know, you see it with Jim Harbaugh's. Ex- I'm not trying to, you know, spin a narrative where there isn't one, but uh, Jim Harbaugh had his pay cut in half, and to be willing to do that, I think, is kind of an admission that, hey, listen, we we know we need to do things differently, and we need to take the criticisms that are with the program to heart. Uh, it's not. I mean, there's. There's been a lot of weird shots at Harbaugh and, and the way he runs the program and, and what the program's limitations are. You know, we we know what these problems are by watching film, watching games. Um, you know, the defense was atrocious last year. Um, you know, they need to modernize themselves. Offense, like all of these types of little little paper cuts have been that have been affecting them. I think what we've seen in terms of what the focus and offseason work was was they took all of those things to heart. They self evaluated. And they've gotten better in every single area. Um, and I think like there are warts there in terms of talent uh, in certain areas on the team. Certainly not at <laughs> certainly not at running back. Certainly not on the offensive line. Wide receiver and, and cornerback and, and safety is still kind of a work in progress. But um, this is a team that still is talented enough to go out and win nine, ten games a year if things break right for them. And I think what we're seeing right now is just um, – it's a group that has taken every single fault, every single reflection that they've had over the last 12 months to heart and just getting after it and executing it. It just football doesn't look complicated to them right now. And it doesn't need to be. Um, now, that's the, I don't know what's going on there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it is complicated. Um, it just feels like guys are playing loose and playing good football. And I think that's a credit to the younger staff they brought in. 
Uh, it's a credit to, I mean, Mike Hart and Sharon Moore has been the, the peanut butter and jelly combination that has made this season so successful so far, uh, even with the defense getting the bulk of the attention for the overhaul. Just, I mean, we'll be critical of them when things go wrong, but right now they've, they've passed, they've passed every test and they passed the football on Saturday and it looked good. Cade was sharp. The ball was coming out quickly. The accuracy was good. I mean, he wasn't perfect, but um, this this team is very self-aware right now. And that's why I'm not ready to call questions concerns because I think that right now it looks like they've taken what ails them to heart and they've been working on it. Yeah, I, I think the thing I like the most, I forget which player said it, but it might have been a post-game um, and he said, like, if we lose one game, people are going to go back to saying, like, oh, Michigan sucks again and stuff like that. And that's what people will do. So your point of mm-hmm. saying, like, Michigan Michigan players are, like, aware of the situation they're in. And I think it was Blake Gorham who said, like, like we haven't we haven't won anything yet. Right. They, they understand what their goals are. They understand that um, this past Saturday was about taking care of business. And and it's it's fine to be happy. Uh, with their performance and I'm sure they are and they look like they're enjoying themselves out there um, but they're keeping it in perspective of of this is a week by week thing we go in there handle our business do our job and we have a high ceiling so it seems like they're they're confident um, but like they're on a mission there's like a it's like a very mission oriented team that um, understands and like <laughs> I don't I don't know if like war torn is the right word for it but like They've been through some stuff after last year, and they read the tweets. Yeah, and like <laughs> they they don't want to get back to that, and they're they're uh, they take that to heart, man. And it's like a, kind of a weird thing. I I thought back like past couple of years, I've had players reach out to me about like a highlight film, whatever, like in the middle of the season sometimes, and you know sometimes I'll I'll start compiling footage throughout the year, but like. I don't feel like that's going to happen this year. Like, I feel like it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be like week eight and be like, Hey, can you start putting together footage for a video? Like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. It feels like this team is um, a little bit more dialed in. And I, you know, I've never really kind of shared that information in the past, but um, you know, those players are no longer on the team, but that's kind of at the time when I would receive like that kind of request, I kind of internalize that as like, Oh, you're worrying about that right now you know it just kind of like sits wrong a little bit so so i just say if they lose a football game coming up we'll just assume your dms are just piled to the the 100 with- <laughs> yeah 100 that's all there yeah that's all there's gonna be so so no i think that's like just a big a big shift kind of in i don't want to call it like body language but just kind of like those intangibles that um usually i'll kind of cringe at when people bring them up where it's just like how much does this like really matter I think little things when they start to kind of pile up like that, um, it, it it just emulates kind of the folk the focus and just the uh, overall aura within the locker room. I think a wrong aura can kind of you know you see hints of that breadcrumbs of that throughout, um, and I think we're seeing kind of the other side where it's a team that uh, that understands their potential, that they're on the right track, and that they just kind of have to just keep their heads down and just keep going and understand that noise is going to be noise. And um, I think, I think they just get it, man. I think it's, it's a team that, uh, yeah, I can't put any better than that. I think they just get it. 
Yeah, they just I, get it, Luke. They just get for, it. For me, I mean, I, I I still need to see him do it on the road. Uh, that's going to be, you know, my biggest concern, and that's kind of been the concern under Jim Harbaugh uh, since 2015. But uh, we don't have to worry about that this week. That's that's the nice thing. And here we are living in a world, Anthony, where Rutgers is three and zero. We we weren't sure if uh, the world was ready for that, but here uh, here we, we, we called that. By the way, we we did. Yeah. We said Rutgers was going to be three and zero coming into the big house. I didn't feel super confident about it, but it, it, we're here. Uh, I I mean, this is a, an improved Rutgers team. For sure. I think Greg Schiano in the future might have uh, something to say about how the Big East, uh, Big Ten East shakes out. Not saying that they're going to win the Big Ten East, but they might have a factor down the line and who wins it, you know, with a, with a couple of upsets considering the way he's recruiting up there in Piscataway. Um, coming into the Big House this Saturday, though, this should be – I mean, I understand they're 3-0, and but struggled with a, a not great Syracuse team. Uh, did beat the brakes off of Delaware. It was a pretty good FCS school uh, just this past spring, but – at the end of the day, man, this sh- once again should be a game that Michigan should handle uh, without making Steven sweat through his shirt, you know? Yeah, I mean, the spread is 19. So that's, I mean, even with as, I'll say relatively speaking, as good as Rutgers has been, uh, people still expect Michigan to win this game by multiple scores. And I would have to say I expect them to win by multiple scores. The one thing I'll say is that this is the first, and I keep using this term when we talk about it, Um this is where the brass knuckles and the lead pipes start to come out, right? And that's not that's not me calling Rutgers dirt bags. They are from New Jersey, so eh. But um, <laughs> things are you're, you're not gonna. That's that's a team that is gonna come into the big house and, and given the game that they gave Michigan last year, plus who they're coached by, they're coming they're coming to Michigan to win a football game, and that's uh, no ifs ands or buts about it. I expect Michigan. They still have. Now, even though schools like Rutgers and, and Michigan State, to their credit, have attacked the transfer portal pretty hard and have gotten guys, and that that can it looks like that can speed up your rebuilds now if you hit on those right guys. Um, Rutgers is I don't think they're the worst team in the Big Ten East right now. I don't think they're. I mean, I, I don't know where they stand. This is why you start playing these games so you can figure out what that pecking order is. But um, it's a good warm up for them in that you kind of take this dimmer switch and flip it upward now where you're getting a physical team in Rutgers that comes in next week. You're going to go play a very physical Wisconsin team um, who, like I said, Wisconsin could be looking at, uh, I believe they were off this past weekend. So they could be looking at one and two this weekend after the Notre Dame game. So that could be like, that's a team that regardless of what happens is going to be fighting and, and give you a, give you something. So this is going to be a good test for Michigan because what we've seen them do and what we saw them do like in the Minnesota game last year is they throw a hell of a right cross. But when someone hits them and they bleed, you taste your own blood, what's going to happen after that? Um, I think this group, given the mental makeup it looks like they have, I don't think Rutgers will be an issue for them this weekend. But, you know, it's it's just one of those things where just keep just keep building. Go go win another football game on Saturday. Get to 4-0. You won two games last year. You get to 4-0 by September, at the end of September this year. That's not nothing, and it's not enough. Like that doesn't mean what's going on is a success. But um, we'll see what that looks like when the totality of the picture shakes out. But all of a sudden, you look at uh, and even Nebraska in a couple weeks. Look at what they just the type of game they just gave Oklahoma. Like they're somehow, mm-hmm. some way, that's a team that's scrapping and clawing right now. And then you go into a bye week, and you play a physical Northwestern team, and then you play Michigan State. 
This next stretch coming up is what will define their season. Um, what happens at Wisconsin? What happens at Michigan State? I think if no if fans are butts about it to me, like I think you have to win that Michigan State game this year. But um, if you can find a way to get out of that stretch before Michigan State undefeated, we might start being able to have some kind of discussion about what November football looks like. And that's that's exciting. That's all you can really ask for. I, I will say real quick for, for those on the pod not seeing this go down, and uh, you probably can see it if you're live on YouTube, uh, we, we've got, um, you know, a 3-0 and start to the season, absolute domination. We got fans in the comments arguing about Shea Patterson. Guys, it's, yeah. it's okay to it's okay to enjoy the ride right now, man. You know, it's okay, <laughs> someone, I promise you. Someone says one thing, and it's the powder keg, which is good. I mean, comments are good. Drive that engagement. We do. We, I, I love it. It's just like we can, we can enjoy what we got going on here in 2021, you know? Well, I think so. Let's come – Let's. so I think the original comment that – and I'll have to scroll up quite a bit here because you guys are going nuts in the comments here but the original comment was from Antoine Johnson let's just address it here he says do any of you guys know the reason why quarterbacks seem to regress under Jim Harbaugh is he so em- emphatic about making turnovers that he doesn't let the quarterback grow um, I haven't seen anything to suggest that Cade McNamara has regressed so far if anything he's just been the guy that I thought he would be someone who mm. comes in and runs the offense and they're not asking them to do much because guess what? They don't have to. They're running for 350 yards a week. Okay. They've done that three weeks in a row now. So I'm not worried about Michigan running the air raid. It's not going to happen. This is a West Coast passing type of offense. They're not going to air it out down the field. And they gave you the 87-yard touchdown on Saturday. They gave you the passing pay- plays. They gave you what you wanted to see. But I'm not, Antoine and anyone in the comments, I'm not picking on you, but it's just like it goes to show like this team could be three and oh and every time you know everything could be going good and, and we can't we can't control what happens a couple weeks down the road but it will never be enough something is always going to be a talking point and people are always going to be looking for something um you know it's um we know that they're gonna have to be a little more explosive in games against Wisconsin Penn State Ohio State. That's fine, but you don't just put reps against these these cup. You just don't put stuff out on film just to put it out there. They worked on the passing game. They said after the game that was a big emphasis in practice last week. Like I don't think he missed a pass that, that I saw in that Northern Illinois game. Really, uh, the incompletion was a blatant interference that went on call. Uh, other, I thought you know he did what he had to do. The throws were good. Now the receivers were able to create separation you know and he was making those throws we'll see what happens when he has to make them into tight windows but that's that's the thing about that that game right there is you just weren't going to see that regardless it's it's also been a thing when's the last time and i know this is a talking point but like when's the last time that michigan's truly had a difference maker at running back i know karan higdon was a solid running back right like all Big Ten honorable mention, is that what the level that he got to, maybe third team? I don't think he ever got to third team, right? But um, Fitz Toussaint had like one season, right? But like, I don't think it's crazy to think that Hazan Haskins, 
Um, he's probably the lowest. We're like maybe sixth or seventh round. I don't think it's crazy to see at least two NFL caliber running backs on this roster in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. I don't think that's crazy mm-hmm. to say. And I think Zach Charbonnet is a guy who transferred out of that who could be he Charbonnet could be a potential NFL guy as well. So I just don't I don't think it's fair to judge the quarterback position without considering how um how valuable having a, a super high NFL talent caliber running back on your team can be. I mean, go back to Chad Henney. He had Mike Hart, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what what is having a guy who's, you know, top 10 back in college football do for you? What does it do? Look at Ohio State and how good those – I mean, those, those quarterbacks are obviously very good. How much better does Ezekiel Elliott make your quarterback just by default? I mean, I mean, the last time Michigan won the Big Ten, they had Chris Perry. It's a thing that I think people are discounting where it, it's fine to have a Karan Higdon and he's a great back. And Michigan's had a ton of um, serviceable running backs. But Kate McNamara is one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the Big Ten right now because of the playmakers Michigan has at the running back position. It, it opens up your offense um, an incredible amount. And mm-hmm. – And I think even a bigger thing is it takes the pressure off of you. When you know that you have a running back that will not only take the available yards, but manufacture an extra three to four yards per run, you'll have a lot more second and one, second and twos, third and shorts that you can really rely on your quarterback to to relax a little bit. And defenses can't, you know, unload on you. So how much does that contribute to the quarterback position as a whole? It's got to be a lot. Because Mich- you know yeah. what, Michigan has had to rely on Shea Patterson a lot. They had to rely on a lot of quarterbacks because of simply just a, a lack of true elite uh, running back talent. And I think you're going to see a shift in that where Kate McNamara can go, you know, if he has a 12 for 15 day for 200 yards, no one's going to be looking at Kate McNamara and say like, wow, he was a horrible QB. Because that's all he needs to be. I think. I think there's just been an imbalance there of people focusing on the quarterback because of, of the lack of true high talent at the running back position overall. Yeah, and I, I think the you know big step in this offense is incorporating the play action on early down. You know that's that's going to be a, a huge thing, and I, I, a lot of teams aren't going to be able to defend both at the end of the day, man. That's the thing about this run game, and that's something that I don't think you know. Twenty eighteen, they utilized enough was that early early down play action, but you know the the next logical step we also have to take here is like Ohio State twenty eighteen, can this team play from behind? And we haven't seen them have to do that yet, and. Hey, who knows? Maybe we won't have to see him do it, you know? I'm just I I can't it's pouring right now. I don't know if you can hear that. Um Mm-mm. I it's been three weeks. I get it. Um no one's crowning Michigan Big Ten champs. It's when we talk I just feel like when the fan base and and, and I'm not trying to take shots at anyone, but I feel like when you get so bent out of shape about, well, this isn't going to be good enough to beat Ohio State. I can't enjoy this week. I can't enjoy next week. I can't enjoy it came before this. They're winning football games, okay? that This program needs to do that right now. And mm-hmm. winning breeds winning. The more games you win, the more that you pile up. Listen, there are a lot of questions we still have about this team. Um, 
but and someone in the comments, uh, someone in the comments brought this up. Uh, Michigan is literally beat right or built right now to do what Ohio State's not good at, and that's stopping the run. And that's not saying that's going to be enough. If you're going to, this is so Luke, you can speak to this. You, uh, me, you, and Chris were in a uh, group chat yesterday talking about the Chiefs' offense, mm-hmm. and it's similar to like the Ohio State offense where. The way you beat those teams is is not by stopping them. You have to go shot for shot with them and not fall off the bar stool at some point. Um, and you got to hope they make a couple mistakes. You yeah. know, like, like look at the Chiefs game yesterday. You know, Mahomes throws the interception as he's falling to the ground. It, it kind of changes the whole thing. They have a fumble late. And look, I know we're looking way ahead to Ohio State here, but C.J. Stroud is, is a guy who's capable of making mistakes. He's actually doing, you know, he, he's got the big numbers, but – He's doing what Cade McNamara is not, and someone pointed out in the comments here, is Cade simply just not turning the ball over, you know? All I can say, too, is that if you, like, if you look, if you've looked at, like, Saturday's box score and saw, oh, Cade only threw 11 times, you're not, that's 11 times for whatever, 187, whatever the stat line was. You're not, if you're just basing your opinion, like, you're not seeing what we saw. I think if they make him pass more, he can do it. It's starting to, like, it looked pretty crisp on Saturday. Um but like I said, if it's going to come to like at some point, someone's going to load the box and probably be able to to stop Michigan or push them push back a little bit. That's when they'll have to throw a little more. So let's see what happens when they do that. Um, again, the Washington game in a vacuum, it's, it's just not enough for me to say this team can't pass the ball. They need more reps passing. I also think that this is a coaching staff that respects its opponent too much. Like they get their practice in on Monday through Thursday. They respect opponents too much to just say, ah, you know what, 27.5-point favorite. We know we could probably run the ball and, and win this game 63-10, to 10, but let's throw the ball 40 times a day just, just to get some work in. All that takes is a, a shotgun snap that goes the wrong way, a pick that goes the wrong way. All of a sudden, you're in a football game. So guess what? Do what you're good at. This offense hasn't had an identity in three years. They have one now. Do what you're good at. Build off of it and peel back the layers of the onion. I'm not that's not me saying that there's some kind of unlocked uh unlocked part of the playbook that you have to get experience points to have access to, but give yourself a point to start from and go from there. I, I just think the jury's out on people saying, "Oh, well, Michigan hasn't proved they can do this and, and they can't." You have the you have the best it's called spade a spade. You probably have the best running back in college football right now. So, I'm not I'm not hurting over what's going on there. So we'll see what happens. They have questions to answer. Like every team does this time of year. Mm -hmm. You don't think that Ohio state will have their, their questions answered by later in the year. There's their teams that are going to get better. There are teams that are going to get worse. What are you going to be? Is this where it peaks or this is where does the climb continue? Look, look, man, at at the end of the day, uh, the most loathed uh, beat reporter uh, by maybe really stupid point today and Jim I think I know really... where he's going with this, so it's good he's probably cutting out because we yeah, don't need you're, to go you're there. back to a robot, <laughs> robot Luke again. Um, at the end of the day, you you just have to win football games. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, I don't know what else to say. Um, I had I know, a point. I know what the FPI says that Michigan has a chance to go 12 and 0, but really what it's projecting is, and to me, this is probably what hinges on a Michigan State game, a Wisconsin game. This is probably a nine or ten win football team right now. Yeah. Um, depending on what that looks like, it's all about the totality of the picture, and we'll find out if that's, you know, we'll find out. But um, yeah, like I said, this is it's very obviously not the six and six 
seven and five team that a lot of people were were predicting. And, and you know, maybe they're. I thought this would be a season like 2015, and it still might be, but maybe they're just a little further ahead than we thought we were. Yeah, I don't think I anyone can safely the say they know. We're going to have a damn chat. I know that. <laughs> you, whatever you're paying, it's too much. Heading into this season, okay. can, am I good now? Am I good now? You're good. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. You're All right. Good. So I want to get back to what I was saying. So the most loathed beat reporter by Michigan fans asked a really dumb question at the press conference today, and Jim Harbaugh pretty much shrugged it off, but he did way. have he did have something that he that he said that I like, and that what people need to remember is they're literally just trying to move the ball. That's what he said. He said, we're trying to move the ball. And you know what? They've moved the ball quite a bit. They scored nine touchdowns and nine possessions in the last game. You know, like I understand after the Washington game, I was all about, look, do they trust Cade McNamara? They showed on Saturday that they do. They were, they were slinging it. I, and my question wasn't necessarily because of Washington. It was built on the Western Michigan, um, the lack of, you know, kind of third down throws in a couple of situations. And they continued with the lack of third and intermediate to long throws in the Washington game. So I had those questions. They looked like they trusted him fully on Saturday. So those questions are put to bed to, for me. They trust him. Can he get it done if they're down double digits? I have no idea quite yet. But here, they're moving the ball, you know. Like at yeah. the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do as an offense. That's all you can ask for. Anthony, nice yeah. to see you again. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't take part in things uh, like that. Um, <laughs> speaking of moving the football, Lions have taken a seven-zero lead over the Green Bay Packers. I, I don't know what else do you guys have to say about uh, this. Biggest, I, yeah, biggest thing I have to I think say. I'm, I got. I got one more. The uh, going into the season, I said I think the talent on the offense has potential to be top fifteen, top ten caliber. Um, I think they're exceeding that. And I said that the success of this team and the future of Jim Harbaugh was on the shoulders of Josh Gaddis. I think it was with a new defensive staff. I thought it was a pretty, pretty obvious take that the offense, if it was going to show up, it had to show up. That hire needed to prove that it was fruitful. Um, I think last couple of years, um, it was always frustrating that the offense took a half. You know, you think of the, Penn State game in, in what, 2019, where they were down, was it 28 nothing or something crazy, and came back and lost by a touchdown. Um, and it just felt like Michigan was always coming from behind and just always trying to catch up. Um, you know, defense would harden in the second half. Offense would start to get some movement. And now it finally feels that the offense is putting pressure on teams. And I think that's what – I mean, that's where college football is headed, right? I think Ohio State has had success the past couple of years against Michigan because it felt like the defense for Michigan just couldn't stop them. What does that do to your team, right? Your team can just score at will, or at least it felt like Ohio State could do that against Michigan. And it puts the pressure a ton on Michigan's offense to produce, and obviously they haven't been up to the task. But I think that's that's this Michigan team. Like this offense is putting pressure on teams to keep up. And I still think it'll take some time for the defense to become its its full um, its full self. I think, I think it'll take some time still, but early returns are good. I think Western Michigan's quarterback um, will continue to be one of the best quarterbacks that Michigan will face for some time. And him 
um, you know, having some trouble reading Michigan's coverage. That's a good initial sign. I think it'll only improve as the team has more time to ramp up their their coverages and and disguise uh, what they do on defense a bit. So that's what I'm most encouraged about, that the defense will continue to evolve. I think Rutgers will be a good step up. Their offense doesn't really um, scare me all too much, but they got a guy like Bo Melton on the outside. He's a guy who uh, you need to watch as a wide receiver, so I'm excited to watch the coverage on him. And um, I think the season, like for me, it progresses in a way – really nicely where Wisconsin is usually like a really tough team defensively to play against. They're having their quarterback struggles. So I think Michigan's strengths play up well against them. Um, it just seems like it's going to be like a, a Michigan state or Penn state. That's the first um, not saying Wisconsin isn't a true test, but I think those teams match up better to Michigan in their current state than, uh, than anyone else right now. So so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest fear with the Wisconsin right now is that we know that this is a totally different football game historically when they go on the road. True. Especially given that they haven't won. It's been 20 years since they've won there. So, um, like I said, I mean, for me, outlook wise, I, I mean, I'll eat crow on it. I, I thought they would lose to Washington before the year. They didn't. So my projection was at eight and four. I haven't seen a ton to really, I mean, I've. You know, there's still a lot of work to do. I'd still probably have them at nine and three. Um, we'll see if that's what that looks like at the end of the year. But um, I'm ready. I, I I'm ready for to see them be tested, and I think they're ready for more as well. So we'll see. They they are welcoming the challenges right now, which is great. And the fact that we're sitting here like we've seen, you know, like like Brady Hoke Michigan teams that would go five and seven or seven, whatever it was, they'd struggle in non-conference against like against well, there was one against UMass, right? There was uh air force. There was, was there UMass? I, th- I think there was definitely the air force on the Akron game in the rich rod. Uh, UConn. I think. Yeah, yeah. Good football teams do to these non-conference teams. What Michigan did over these first three weeks of the year. And um, as always their biggest, the, their biggest issue over the last six or seven years has been getting in their own way. They can stay out of their own way and, and stay multiple, stay hungry, stay healthy. Um, there's, they might have a chance to do something. I don't know what that something is yet, but this isn't a, this isn't a death March anymore. This, this feels like the bedrock of something again, which is, I don't, I don't want to do coaching search podcasts and, and candidate posts. They're good for page views, but, I don't. I just don't think we're heading that way. I, I think that they're on the right track. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of work to do, and they're still hungry. But uh, let's let's. It's time. Crank crank up that that dimmer switch, baby. Let's get after it. Yeah, we'll see what happens on Saturday. Should be a whole lot of fun. But uh, that's a good spot, I think, to wrap it up here. Anthony, work or excuse me, I'll start with Stephen. Stephen, where can we find you uh, on social media? And if you got anything coming up here this week, let the folks know. Yeah, you can find me at Steven Toski on Twitter. Um, got an early start on analysis, so hoping um, either late night tonight, but probably looking at tomorrow uh, and into Wednesday and Thursday. Going to be punching that out on the YouTube channel. If you want early access, press that join button uh, on YouTube. If you head over to the channel, there should be a join button for early access. Um, doing a live stream I'm planning on Friday for those members of the highest tier exclusive live stream. So, 
I'll be making a post to the community tab there for your questions to prep for that. So 30 minutes to an hour of just me and my uh, my favorite members on the channel there. So yeah, come hang out there. Otherwise, you can uh, find me at Stephen Toski on Twitter all week arguing about something with somebody, I'm sure. <laughs> Anthony, where can we find you, man? Uh, you can follow me at Anthony T. Broom uh, on Twitter. Other than that, uh, you guys have a cell phone. You guys have a computer. You know where Maze and Brew stuff is. You know how to get the podcast. So I'll save some bandwidth. I've talked too much today. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Yardy, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, every Monday night we go live on Maze YouTube page. So uh, make sure to come and hang out. If you did here tonight, for those of you that uh, did come in, we really appreciate you. Love all that's uh, here driving a little discussion. That's going to wrap us for Anthony Broom and Austin Toski. I'm Luke Yardy. We'll see you next week on Brewcast.